This is African News Tonight on The Voice of America. Hello, welcome to African News Tonight. Uh, thank you for joining us. I'm Douglas Simpoga, and here is what's coming up. If they keep waiting until Kong is captured and taken to court, those witnesses may all be dead and evidence may get lost. So if they could do it because it has taken too long. That's retired Ugandan Bishop Nelson Oronon-Weng, who backs plans by the International Criminal Court to launch proceedings in absentia against Joseph Konyi, leader of the Rebel Lord Resistance Army. Also, representatives of major rebel groups are attending DRC peace talks for the first time. A court in Mozambique has begun delivering its judgment in a massive graft case involving government-backed loans. And Tunisia beat former colonial power France 1-0, but still was eliminated at the World Cup in Qatar. All this and more coming up on African News Tonight. The East African Community Bloc has opened new talks on peace in the Democratic Republic of Congo, with the representatives of major rebel groups attending for the first time. Kenya's peace envoy, former President Uhuru Kenyatta, urged all warring parties to give peace a chance and said foreign armed groups must be disbanded. Mohamed Yusuf reports from Nairobi. The DRC government, rebel groups, local representatives and civil society are gathered in Nairobi to find ways to end the chronic conflict in the east of the country that has killed hundreds of thousands and displaced millions. Speaking at the third inter-Congolese dialogue in Nairobi, former Kenyan President Uhuru Kenyatta called on all parties to the conflict to open their minds to peace. We are here as part of the East African community to find a way and work with you to find peace, Kenyatta says, a peace that the Congolese have not seen for more than 20 years. Some children have never set foot in a classroom because of the conflict, and some men never got the opportunity to farm their land to bring themselves out of poverty because of conflict. Officials in the meeting say some 53 rebel groups have accepted a ceasefire, including the M23 rebel group. Kenyatta said foreign armed groups in the DRC must be disbanded and the sovereignty of the country respected. Forces from neighboring Burundi, Rwanda and Uganda are currently in eastern Congo, chasing after rebel groups they are accused of trying to destabilize their countries. The Kinshasa government has not been happy, especially with Rwanda which it accuses of supporting M23, a claim denied by Kigali. M23 has been fighting fiercely with the Congolese army and claims to be protecting the Tutsi communities against the government and other rebel groups. Kenyatta say communities must accommodate each other to build a stable and peaceful nation. We have no choice but to live in peace with our neighbors, and if we differ, it is your responsibility to make sure that you get a solution and call them to a peace talk so that you can build your village, towns, region, and country together, Kenyatta says. The Congolese government said the peace talks are not about only the M23 rubber group, but all other armed groups operating in the country. Saj Tshibangu is a special envoy to the DRC president. He says this is the last time the government is engaging in talks with the rebel groups. 
For those of you rebel groups who are here and have coalitions with other groups, pass this message to your friends. Shebangu says, you have been allowed by the DRC president and the East African community to be here and the whole of Africa is following this process. You still have time to join the peace process. We don't want to see our brothers who took up arms for whatever reason in the end to be killed by regional forces just because they didn't take advantage of the opportunity given to them, he says. There have been previous peace talks between the government and rebel groups, but all have failed to bring peace. The current talks are expected to end over the weekend. Mohamed Yusuf for VA News, Nairobi. Victims of the rebel Lord's Resistance Army in Uganda have been mixed reactions to plans by the International Criminal Court to launch proceedings in absentia against the group's fugitive leader, Joseph Konyi. While some say the action against the leader of the bloody two-decade conflict in northern Uganda would be welcomed, others say it's pointless without Konyi being brought to justice. Halima Athman reports from Kampala. Joseph Kony is the International Criminal Court's longest-standing suspect at large. In 1987, he launched his rebellion against the ascent to power of President Yoram Seveni. After investigations into the Lord's Resistance Army rebellion opened in 2004, the ICC issued an arrest warrant against Kony in 2005. Kony is wanted on 33 counts of war crimes and crimes against humanity. The allegations against him include murder, cruel treatment, enslavement, rape and attacks against the civilian population. Despite efforts by different nations, including the United States, to capture him, however, the rebel leader remains elusive. Last Thursday, Karim Khan, the prosecutor at the International Criminal Court, announced he had applied to launch hearings against Kony in the rebel leader's absence. Khan said the move will intensify efforts to find Kony. He noted that it will represent a meaningful milestone for victims who have waited patiently for justice for almost two decades. Retired Bishop Nelson Onono Onweng spoke with VOA about a May 19, 2004 raid in Lukode village, which was then a camp for internally displaced people in the Gulu district of northern Uganda. Onweng lived in the camp and was a religious leader there. Bishop Onweng says on that fateful day, LRA rebels led by Dominic Onwen raided the village, leaving more than 60 people dead. 17 of the dead were close relatives of the bishop. Onwen is serving a 25-year prison sentence. The bishop said that as a victim, he and others will have confidence in the court if it can deliver justice, even in Connie's absence. If they keep waiting until Connie is captured, and taken to court, those witnesses may all be dead, and evidence may get lost. So if they could do it because it has taken too long. ICC prosecutor Khan argues that if the charges are confirmed in Connie's absence, a future trial following his arrest could move more quickly and effectively. Beatrice Akelo, a legislator from northern Uganda, says the move is not helpful if Connie is not heard. 
who will be defending him after passing the judgment? How will they execute it? I don't want this thing of dilly-dallying. If people want to help us, let them come out and help us. But they should not pretend to be helping us when they are not. The Ugandan government has failed multiple times to capture Kony. Henry Oriem Okelo, Uganda's state minister for foreign affairs, says the latest move will place Kony under pressure. This it will be a Kony out there in the in the bush who is now what found guilty, as opposed to Kony uh, who is at the bush there. Uh, who is not subjected to judgment of uh, guilty on the crimes of humanity. The LRA was responsible for the abduction of upwards of 60,000 people, including 20,000 children, many of whom were recruited as soldiers. The LRA also displaced close to 1.5 million people and killed an estimated 100,000 others. Connie's deadly operations were best in northern Uganda, Central African Republic, South Sudan, and the Democratic Republic of Congo. Halima Othmani for VA News, Kampala, Uganda. A court in Mozambique has begun delivering its judgment in the case of 19 people accused of taking hundreds of millions of dollars in government-backed loans. Reuters says the accused include state security officials and the son of an ex-president. They face several charges, including money laundering and other crimes related to a $2 billion debt scandal that nearly collapsed the economy. In 2016, the government revealed state-backed borrowing that it had not made public nor disclosed to parliament or donors. An independent audit a year later found that the government had not explained how $500 million borrowed from international banks for developing a tuna fishing fleet and other projects were spent. In response, the International Monetary Fund ended support, leading to debt default. Among those charged was former Finance Minister Manuel Chang and Ndambi Gwebuza, Gabuza, the son of former President Armando Gebuza. The judge in the case said it would take several days to read the 1,388-page ruling. You're listening to African News Tonight. I'm Douglas Mpuga in Washington. For more information on these and other stories from the continent, please see voaafrica.com. There you'll find all your favorite VOA radio and TV programs and a whole lot more. For world news, check out vanews.com. Nigeria's Imo state says it's working hard to reduce the spread of HIV-AIDS. Oweri, the state capital, is, is the year-round hub of entertainment and tourism in southeast Nigeria, drawing visitors from home and abroad. The government says it's working with international bodies to conduct outreaches to identify people infected with AIDS and link them to treatment. Dr. Saxes Ohayagam, the Imo Commissioner of Health, spoke with reporter Mike Mboni about World AIDS Day and effects and efforts to check the spread of the virus in the state. He says the best ways to prevent is is to practice abstinence, be faithful, and use condoms. As number one tourist center in southeast Nigeria, the state government is poised towards um, making sure that the spread of HIV-AIDS in the state is minimized a whole lot. We have, technic- we have um, 
technical implementing partners such as Caritas Nigeria um, that have given technical support to the national response and national subnational levels, and by extension to state and supported facilities. Um, we conduct outreaches, identifying positives and linking them to treatment. Um, HIV testing services at various testing points and supported facilities. Um, we do our best to do prevention of mother-to-child transmission of HIV, ensuring that all positive women who register for antenatal are well linked to HIV-positive pregnant um, treatment. So these are most of the strategies we've been using. We also engage in risk communication and and um, make sure that people know the risk involved in HIV, especially amongst the 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 um, reproductive age group and school children. So these are some of the things we do. What is the prevalent rate of HIV AIDS in Nemo State? Has government been providing antiretroviral drugs to people living with AIDS? The prevalence of um, rate of HIV AIDS in the state um, is about 1.8% right now, which um, in the last meeting we had in Abuja, Nemo State was celebrated as, as having achieved epidemic rates, and that is kudos to Imo State. We're doing our best to make sure that antiretroviral drugs get to people living with AIDS, get to facilities where they are needed. And we make sure, through the support of the, of the United States, um, you see it. Um, we, we, we get drugs. The state government have partnered with you see it. And the drugs are well distributed according to what they are supposed to be used for. As the world marks world is the one message you have for the youths on prevention or spread of the disease. Um, as we mark the world is day, to the youths and all emolites, I say, practice ABC. Abstinence, be faithful, use condoms. Try to prevent the spread of HIV AIDS. If you feel very funny with yourself and you're not sure, submit yourself for testing and make sure that you test because when you get tested, you prevent the spread of HIV AIDS in Imo states and in Nigeria. Thank you so very much. I wish us all a happy celebration as we mark the World AIDS Day. That was Dr. Success Ohayaga, Imo State Commissioner of Health, speaking with reporter Mike Mboni by phone from Oweri, Nigeria. Spain says three Nigerian stowaways found on the radar of an oil tanker from the Canary Islands are asking for asylum. The Associated Press says Spain's Maritime Rescue Service picked up three men on Monday. Two of the three have been released from the hospital after being treated for hypothermia and dehydration. Under Spanish law, they must be returned to their point of departure, which is Lagos, unless they seek asylum. 
The human rights group called Walking Orders is asking the government not to return them to Nigeria and for their cases to be assessed individually. It's calling for the three to be placed into the government's humanitarian program for migrants. The three men arrived in Las Palmas on Monday following an 11-day voyage from Lagos. Reuters says French emergency services have rescued 240 asylum seekers trying to cross the English Channel to the UK. They range in age from 7 to 47 and include three Ethiopians, one Somali and an Egyptian. The UK says that 426 migrants were detected crossing the Channel Monday. Yesterday, British authorities arrested a man they say played a key role in the deaths of at least 27 people trying to cross into England on a dingy last November. The rescue this week is created in part to warming ties between France and the government of the UK's new Prime Minister, Rishi Shonak. And at the World Cup in Qatar, Tunisia beat France 1-0 and Denmark lost to Australia 1-0 in Group D. France and Australia advanced to the round of 16, while Tunisia and Denmark are eliminated. My colleague Sunny Young has been following all the action and joins me now. Hi, Sunny. Sporty World Cup greetings, Douglas. Sporty greetings, Sunny. Interesting matches today. Your comment on the results, given that um, Tunisia ranked 30th, beat the current World Cup champions, and Australia... Yeah, tough luck. <laughs> yes. Tough luck, Douglas, for the Carthage Eagles of Tunisia. Uh, they're packing their bags, but, you know, I think they can leave Qatar with their heads held high. Uh, four points from three matches. Uh, they beat the defending World Cup champions in their final group fixture. Uh, the French did play with a pretty much a B team, Douglas. Uh, they rested their big, their big guns, uh, for the round of 16. But, uh, in terms of some of the post-match reaction, uh, Jurgen Klinsmann, uh, the former coach of USA, uh, he had some very uh, kind remarks about the Carthage Eagles. Uh, he thought they played well in all three of their matches and uh, maybe not, a, uh, not the way they wanted to go out, but yeah, I, I think it's, it was a good tournament for Tunisia. And I, I should give a shout-out uh, for their goal scorer against the French, uh, Wabi Khazri. Uh, he had the goal in the 58th minute. But if we take a look at the group table, Douglas, uh, France had already uh, booked their place in the knockout round of 16. They're joined by the Socceroos of Australia. And, Douglas, you know how much I love the nicknames in African football, <laughs> yes. you know, like Carthage Eagles, mm-hmm. uh, Eagles of Nigeria, indomitable lions of cameroon atlas lions of morocco well if we go outside of africa douglas socceroos of australia rates as one of my favorite non-african nicknames the socceroos booked their place in the round of 16 first time in 16 years they've made it this far douglas that's right they were uh they were in the round of 16 at the 2006 world cup and let's give a shout-out for their goal scorer against Denmark today, Matthew Leckie. Uh, he had the goal in the 60th minute. And coming up uh, later today, Douglas, uh, some really 
uh, interesting encounters in Group C, top of the table matchup between Poland and Argentina. And a lot of people are billing that one, Douglas, as a, sort of a showdown between two of the world's premier marksmen, Robert, Leuven, Robert Lewandowski for Poland and Lionel Messi for Argentina. Uh, right now, Poland tops that group with four points, followed by Argentina and Saudi Arabia with three points, Mexico with one point. So Saudi Arabia very much still in contention, Douglas, for, for a uh, berth in the round of 16. They play Mexico in the uh, other group match later Tuesday. And this time Argentina can't, be, can't guarantee a pass uh, to, the, to the knockout stage because the way the table stands. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think, uh, you know, I think they will probably be looking for three points and a victory, Douglas, uh, to, you know, to, you know, basically guarantee their passage uh, to the the knockout round. Uh, If we look ahead to Thursday, Douglas, I mentioned those Atlas Lions of Morocco. Uh, I think they're in great position to advance to the round of 16. They'll be going up against Canada which has already been eliminated. Uh, and the Moroccan coach, he has said that they're, they're basically viewing this match as almost the final, that they want to win, uh, although, although they really need only a draw to, uh, to advance to the knockout round. But uh, he says they're going to go for three points and a victory. Yes, uh, Morocco's chances are a bit better than uh, looking at further ahead on Friday. Cameroon's chances are similar to Tunisia. They have to win or, or the chances are not there. But uh, Ghana on Friday also, like Morocco, a win or a drop goes to make them through. Yeah, and I, I know we kind of chatted about this uh, earlier, Douglas, but I kind of feel like uh, Morocco and Ghana uh, both, both have really good opportunities now to, uh, to go through. Uh, to the knockout round of, of 16. And, and don't quote me, Douglas, but I'm pretty sure, pretty sure Africa has never had three teams in the round of 16 at a World Cup. But I uh, uh, want to give a quick shout-out, Douglas, for the USA. Uh, they made it to the round of 16 on Tuesday by beating Iran 1-0. And kind of coincidentally with Ghana, uh, the Americans and the Ghanaians uh, – Two, two. I think they have the two youngest teams uh, in Qatar. Uh, they basically average about 24 years of age. And uh, Mohamed Kudus uh, has played really well for the Black Stars of Ghana. And I'll certainly be watching him on Friday, Douglas. Sure, sure. Indeed, uh, let's uh, sign it. So tomorrow, another group of training matches. I'll have Friday. So the picture of those who go in the knockout stage will be very clear. All right, Sunday, talk to you soon. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. And that wraps up this edition of African News Tonight. I'm Douglas Impunga in Washington. For all latest developments on the continent 24-7, visit our website at voaafrica.com. And thank you again for tuning in and choosing the Voice of America. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel.
host of Press Conference USA, VOA's Newsmaker Interview Program. Join us each Saturday and Sunday when we talk with authors, analysts, and policymakers who provide fresh insight on topics ranging from U.S. politics and foreign policy to science, culture, and global health. You can listen to Press Conference USA on the radio or online at voanews.com slash PCUSA. While you're visiting our website, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We'd also love to hear from you. Just send an email to PCUSA at voanews.com or connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash VOA or on Twitter at VOA. That's Press Conference USA every Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African Beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music, from bobo music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, Afrobeat to Dumbolo and Makosa to Kwaito. The African Beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays.